You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Tech Fan Podcast number 349. I am Tim Robertson, and uh, as usual, I'm joined by David Cohen. Hello, David. Hello. And we've got a special guest this week, and of course, I talked about this a little bit last week, and uh, Mr. Eric Diaz from Puerto Rico. Hello, Eric. Hello. How are you? Uh, really fine right now. Thank so, you. So Eric and I have known each other for quite a long time. Uh, we're in yeah. this very super secret star wars group on facebook together (laughs) (laughs) yeah and um you know i one of the things that i thought would be fun was to have eric on the show so we're uh very happy to have you here i I appreciate you coming on now for those listening you might hear some stuff in the background eric is at work in his office and his secretary is not too far away and the walls are not as thick as we would hope so if you (laughs) hear stuff in the background that's what it is (laughs) So I want to start um, right here at the top of the show. Eric, you are in Puerto Rico. Um, yeah. Your island was hit very hard um, in this last year by two hurricanes. And yep. here in the United States where I live, I, I live in Michigan, um, it was all over the news. What wasn't all over the news was how long it took for the American government to really respond adequately and it was something that i've got other friends in puerto rico i worked with a girl um and her family she she's only been here in the states for two years and so i heard firsthand accounts and watched facetime uh with her and her family while this was going on and for months afterwards and i'm kind of curious from your perspective and, and someone who's very much into tech and social media, uh, what was it like after the hurricanes hit? I mean, how long so, did it take for you to get your power back and, and life start to return a little bit to normal? Yeah, so uh, we were hit by, by two hurricanes. People think about Maria, but we were also hit by Irma uh, two weeks before. Yeah. But that only uh, affected the northeast part of the island uh, it, because it didn't make landfall. It just... Uh, just went very close to uh, to the to the northeast coast, but it didn't hit. Still, we had like eighty thousand uh, clients, and, and I and I want to clarify something at the beginning because I hear it in the news here in Puerto Rico and in the United States when they talk about how many people are without electricity, and they say one point four million. That's just the accounts, the clients. In that house, there could be up to 10 people. We don't know. Exactly. We are 3.2 million people here right now. So that one took like 80,000 clients offline, mostly in the, I mean, northeast uh, part of the island. Uh, I was one of those. I didn't have electricity for like three days, I think. And then everything started coming back to normal uh, until... Just after Labor Day, uh, we were on vacation that weekend, and then on Tuesday we arrived. Uh, no, excuse me, that was that was Irma, yeah. Um, 
Then we had a week where everything was getting back to normal. I had water, electricity. Uh, I had my internet back, my cable. Everything was running fine. On Monday, we arrived at the office, and we're just catching up because we didn't work uh, the <laughs> one week, and then we were uh, visiting clients the next week. So we get back, and we came back on Monday just to make sure the office was uh, as tight as possible because we were going to get hit, and we knew it was going to be a category four, maybe five. So we only had like one week uh, to, to basically recover from one, try to get ready, as ready as we could. And then on Tuesday, I think it was uh, like, uh, I live in, in my town, it's called Umacao. If you look it, on, if you look it up on Google Maps, uh, you're going to see that the, I live in the southeast part of the island, right where it made landfall, Yeah. right next to it. Yeah, the, the, there is a town next to mine, which was the... Uh, the one that took the hit first, we were the second in line. Although the, the eye of the storm is so big that it just basically took like four or five times at, at a time. Yeah, I was gonna say that um, was a huge storm. I mean, it. it yeah, it, it was. When massive. they talk about yeah, when they talk about uh, where it's going, when they give the coordinates, they're just estimating what the center of the eye is. But the, the eye is, is huge. Yeah. So, um, uh, like uh, Tuesday. Uh, uh, I would say mid midday, maybe 11 a.m. Um, I just got uh, everything ready. That morning, the last uh, shutters went up. I closed every window. The ones that weren't closing very well, I, I duct taped them as, as best as I could to make them seal properly. And we just went away uh, with my father and my, my mom, my parents. They live in, in like two, three, two or three towns over. And it's uh, closer to the center of the island, and it's a valley, so it's, uh, it's lower. And um, and we would stay there. It's a big house. They have a big power generator, diesel power generator. So we went we went there uh, because I didn't want to be in my house, even though it's concrete and it's uh, a very secure house for the most part. Uh, we were so close to the beach where it was going to make landfall that I didn't want to stay there. Yeah, right. I just uh, yeah. I just. I wasn't going to take any chances. So we went there. Um, I, <laughs> that was 11, yeah, 11 a.m. The storm started hitting like 8, 8 p.m., something like that. We could see the wind and the, the, the rain and stuff like that. But it, uh, it, it only made landfall. The eye made landfall like at 6.30 a.m. the next day. So f- from Tuesday, we were feeling the effects of just the storm getting closer. Tuesday was a terrible day. We, I, I didn't see any of the storm because I was. Uh, we we each went to a room. We sealed ourselves. We took water, bread, uh, orange juice, whatever we could get, and we hunkered down everyone in their rooms. And when it got really really bad, uh, we all went to the to our bathrooms and uh, just closed everything. I made a barricade on the on the door room, uh, the, the the room door. Excuse me. I would stay there in the bathroom, so I could only hear what was going on. The house was shaking, and it's a big concrete house. I'm not talking about a wooden house or or, uh, or a flimsy house. There's a there's a very old house that they used to make them really sturdy, and uh, and it's uh, and it's not on stilts or anything. It's close to the ground, so just imagine the kind of force. And and when it hit when it hit that town, 
it was uh, it maybe five or six hours of the, of the storm, uh, the eye of the storm. So it, it was not as as bad as my hometown got. So I cannot imagine what it was like to stay at home. I talked to my neighbors afterwards, and they were and they said it was horrible. Now, I how many t- I mean, they were very close. You've got two kids, yes. No, I have a kid and a and a, and a baby. Um, well, okay, uh, it's not a baby; he's a dog. Oh, okay. <laughs> you just treat him like a baby, <laughs> right? Yeah. And so, how old is uh, your? Uh, is my it, son yeah. is going to be eleven in September. Okay. Yeah, this was his first storm. I've been through three in my lifetime. Well, I have was, to imagine this as a parent. This is probably the scariest because it's not yeah. about you now. It's you've got a child. Mm-hmm. The other two, I was very young. And the first one was Hugo. That was 89. I yeah. was like 13. And then George's in 98. I was uh, 23, I think. And uh, this one. The, but this one has been the worst because Hugo and George, even though George's had basically the same trajectory as, uh, as Maria, that was like a category two, I think. But this one, this one officially is a four, but I think it was a five. I mean, just the the, the Doppler radar uh, got uh, rooted from from. I mean, the, there was nothing left of the Doppler radar, not even the base. So they have no way of uh, accurately knowing how how strong the, the storm was. They, well, they were uh, reporting uh, a five when I was watching live coverage when it was hitting. Yeah. They, they, everybody was saying this is a Category Five. Yeah, officially, I think they, the, the last report I saw, they, they said that it was a Category Four, but I mean, maybe it was one, two miles away from being Category Five because the, the, the things I saw happening, that was a Category Five. I have no doubt. I mean, I've, I've seen, like I said, I've seen two hurricanes, and I've never seen something like this. I, mean, I saw, uh, we, we lost. All through the hurricane, we had, uh, well, we lost power fairly quickly, but we had uh, still uh, cell phone reception. We still wow. had that. That's surprising. But, yeah, that, that, is, that was surprising, but more surprising, after the storm passed, then everything went down. Uh, Nobody had anything. So apparently the the, um, the power generators of the cell towers uh, just ran out of fuel and then the, uh, everything collapsed. And then we had no no, the first two weeks after a hurricane, it was like you were living in the sixties or, or, or maybe <laughs> even before that, because you have to you had to leave notes on people's doors and uh, sure. go physically somewhere to, to 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 do stuff. You couldn't call anyone, you couldn't email anyone. Well, yeah, for you and I, it was probably like when we were kids. I mean, yeah, yeah, I just went back to yeah when I was a kid, and I told my kid, you know, I, I the the night before I told him. Uh, go to iTunes, download all the movies you want to download. Yeah, do it now. That can fit on your iPad yeah. right now. Yeah. Any seasons of any shows you want to go on Netflix, because we're going to be without internet for months. Without power, it might be weeks, it might be months. But without internet, I'm telling you right now. And basically it was true, because I got power back on Black Friday. I think that was the 26th of November. Jeez. I think it was. That's a long time. Yeah, but uh, I have an aunt who lives in a town next to mine who still has no power. Just this week, the uh, they put the uh, the wooden pole for the electric cable uh, for the electricity. So she's still in that 
she still has no even the the electrical cables are not there yet so now how no, first I want to ask how'd your son do I mean this is a traumatic thing for especially yeah. a 10 11 year old kid you know his whole life everything's been touch screens and watching <laughs> you know it, it's all electronics fun I, I've got a son yeah. almost exactly the same age and I, yeah. I can't imagine Cole going without his iPad for a week, let alone as long as he, your son had to go. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. A week, let alone a, and take it away for two hours. And you right. D- David, David's <laughs> getting called your husband uh, from his son to his wife because he, he put restrictions on an iPad. And, you know, mm-hmm. h- how do you deal with that as a parent? How'd your son do? I mean, obviously, at his age, they're pretty flexible, but still, this is a this is a big life-changing event for him. Yeah, but I think because we had practice, the week, the, I mean, <laughs> that's not the correct word, but uh, it was basically it was two weeks before we had another hurricane. We, we had no power and internet, so he knew what was going to happen. It, even if it was just a small sample, he already knew, and I talked to him. I just sat with him, and I said, listen, last time I, I went through this, we were like a month and a half without electricity, and it wasn't as bad as this one is going to be. Yeah. This one's going to be mm-hmm. catastrophic. It's going to go through the, throughout the entire island because when Hugo hit, uh, it only took like the east part of the island, so the rest of the island could help. But this time, there was nowhere on the island that didn't get hit. Right. One way it, or was, it was so the whole island. We had. I mean, it was. Yeah. It, there was a one point that I was watching the radar. Yeah. And you couldn't see land. There was no there, land. Yeah, and it was all the when you see the, the the picture on the map, it's all red and very dark red. That means there is a lot of rain and and and, and very strong winds. It, it didn't have any green parts. The green parts are like a tropical storm or maybe just a regular shower. But this one was no, it was all red. And so he, I have to. You know, he he took it like a champ. I would say, and my other ne- my nephew and my niece too. Uh, but it basically, because we explained, you know, this is going to happen. We have uh, we have DVDs. You can watch the DVDs when the power generator is on. We turn it on only at night, so uh, we could uh, uh, use power like uh, 10, 12 hours a day. Because right. my father has a diesel power generator. If, if he didn't have that, then it would have been even worse. But uh, at least they had electricity and food in the night. Some parts of the island, they don't even have that. So he was lucky in that regard. And also he likes to read. So I just brought a lot of books. He, he I had the Harry Potter collection. He never read it. <laughs> and when the hurricane one. hit, he just took the books and started reading. And I think, you know, I just told him, yeah, get at it because <laughs> that's the only entertainment you're going to get. That's pretty good entertainment right there, though. Excuse me? Uh, I, I said that's some great entertainment right there. I love the Harry Potter yeah, series. Yeah, yeah. How did he do during the storm? The... Excuse me. How did he do during the storm? Um, he was scared, but uh, he was trying to be brave yeah. uh, for his mom because my, my wife really gets uh, nervous. I don't. I you... really don't get like scared or anything like that. I'm, I mean, I, knew, I I was worried. Don't get me wrong, I was worried, but. The... You're I didn't get scared because I knew we were in a safe house. It sounds like your son's a trooper, bad. man. But uh, my wife gets really, really nervous and, and shaky, so he was. I think he was revving it up for, for her. 
That's a cool kid, man. He's he's a yeah. tough dude. Yeah, he's a little, a little champion. <laughs> he did very well. So it's been it's been um, what seven months now? Eight months? Uh, I think we're close to eight because uh, it was September. <clears throat> yeah. So it's been close to eight months, and there's still towns without power. Yeah. Um, uh, with uh, the last number I heard this morning was twenty five thousand. Again, clients. Right. So that's probably affecting a hundred thousand yeah. people. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. How, uh, so, how how does the authorities justify this? I I, I again we before we started recording, I said I'm going to try to keep my political bias out of here. But if this was for, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, yeah, the, the power would have been back on for everybody within a week or two. I'm I'm gonna. You know, I was thinking before you told me to come on the show, I was thinking about it. And I think I can play devil's advocate a little bit. Um, I know the, uh, our government said that they were prepared somewhat because no one was prepared. To, um, Nobody can be prepared uh, for this kind of a Yeah, and, and add to that, that our economic situation, the, the basically our government is broke. So that was another storm man-made storm before this one yep uh so there was no not enough resources anyway to to deal with a a a small storm let alone this one um i know initially that the response seemed very slow but um we didn't have an airport for like three or four days uh because there was too much debris and stuff on the on the wrong ways and they had to work with that um we didn't have the the um, the ports were not uh, also not certifiable to 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 be operated because the the weather was still really I mean that storm hit really on Tuesday and until Friday we had really really bad weather yeah uh, it was horrible for like a week so uh, you can imagine that the the sea the Atlantic Sea is a rough sea anyway so uh, I, I mean ocean yeah. So that was a part of it. Another part of it is I don't think anyone thought that the devastation was going to be as bad as it was. Um, when they had Georges, the devastation was all throughout the island, but it's a, it was a category two or three, so it's not as bad as this one. The uh, electrical grid was not as in bad shape as it was in 2017. It's been without any proper maintenance for over 20 years. Uh, in many cases, the, the the last time any anything about the grid was replaced was when George hit and destroyed something, they replaced that. But then afterwards, there was no maintenance program here. Mm. Uh, our government is very, very inept. Our government, I mean, I'm talking about Puerto Rican government. Yep. Many administrations have, have come here and... Um, from both uh, parties that have governed, uh, they just want to do the the, the very popular thing and non uh, and not what needs to be done. And now they're trying to reckon with that, but still, as bad as things as bad as things are right now, some people in the government still think that we can skate by. And, and no, we can't. Puerto um, needs to <laughs> shape up in, in many areas and. And also the federal government. So, in that regard, I know there are good people there, and uh, they try to do their best. But um, 
I'm going to I'm going to think that it was just they didn't think it was going to be as bad as it was. I'm not going to think that there was any nefarious uh, uh, situation going on other than that. But uh, yeah, the, the, the response was low. Uh, it's still slow. Uh, that's one of, of the things, the first things our governor said, you know, uh, when, when Harvey hit Texas, they had like, a, I don't know, a small army of people uh, getting the power grid up and everything. And, and here it was like a slow draw of, yeah, maybe 2,000 people this month, maybe next week. It started ramping up in October. But the first two weeks, we hadn't basically nobody here. Uh, there were there were some people from the Army. And uh, FEMA was uh, maybe uh, they didn't have enough people. Or I don't know what, what was happening, but... Uh, but I also think uh, people in Puerto Rico don't recognize that we're a territory. We're not a state. So we're not going to have, as, as much as uh, we are American citizens too, we're not going to have the same kind of, uh, I know it sucks and it's uh, a terrible thing to say, but in the, in, the, uh, in the priority ranks, we're not going to be as high as a Florida or a Texas, which has senators and representatives and electoral votes. We don't have any of those. So exactly. what were you expecting? You know, we we are American citizens, yes, in a way, but, I mean, that's the reality of politics. Yeah. Uh, and unfortunately, you shouldn't go any farther past that right there. And forget yeah. American <laughs> or Canadian or Brit. It, it's a humanitarian thing. Yeah. And I don't think it was... <sighs> I'm trying to be uh, diplomatic. I saw something very similar when in a hurricane hit the ninth ward in Louisiana. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, very similar. And yeah, and it, it seems like the response when it's a poor city mm-hmm. and or a poor island is a whole lot different than when it's not a that when it's a Houston. Um, and I think it. I think that's probably has more to do with it than anything. It's about money. And if your community doesn't have money, if your city, if your uh, state, if your island doesn't have money, it just seems like there's a whole lot of politicians that just don't care. Yeah. Yeah. Or perhaps, or perhaps it's more that your, um, you know, the environment is, is perceived to be one that is not, that is a net, um, a taker rather than a giver in terms of contribution to the economy. Um, I, it seems to me that that's part of that as well. You talk about, you know, if it was Miami or something like that. Well, the thing is, is that the perception in, in, in a many people's minds will be, well, you've got to get Miami up and running again. You've got to get Houston up and running again because we need yeah. the, the contribution it makes to the- be back as straight as possible. I think, unfortunately, even though it's, this isn't true, a lot of people perceive Puerto Rico as a, as a net receiver of, aid and funds and resources mm-hmm. rather than what a contributor of resources. And that means that people are going, Oh, well, here they go. They want more. And, and there's this whole implicit bias of, Oh, we've got to make sure that people don't exploit this catastrophe to get more. Um, that's, that's certainly some of the statements I've seen regarding Puerto Rico. It, it seems to come across as like, Oh yeah, you, you know, they, they're going to use this as a way of getting more than they deserve, which of course is ridiculous when people, uh, uh, suffering, you know, you you you're in the middle of the Caribbean, 
uh, and you don't have power, you don't have clean water, uh, you don't have ways of communicating. That's ridiculous in the 21st century. Yeah. yeah. I also want to say, uh, I want to thank, uh, I know many of them have been thanked uh, by, by the people of Puerto Rico, but I just want to, in case any one of them listen to the podcast, I want to thank the people who came here from, from private, private contractors uh, from, from the United States, many people here from Montana, just by by looking at them, I know they were from the south and Midwest. Uh, there were very nice people here uh, working on uh, on the power lines, and they did a great job. Because uh, there's also something else that uh, doesn't get mentioned very much, but uh, the terrain here is very. I mean, we're basically a mountain in the yeah. middle of the sea. Yeah, there are very few flat places in Puerto Rico, so it's not the same thing. Also, working on on the, working here with the, the power grid at, at the, as it might be in one of the states um, because there's a, a lot of mountain here and, and so it, uh, the terrain doesn't help also at the um, end of but the they day, did a great job uh, uh, those people you know I'm talking about the uh, the um, the workers who came here to help them they were very nice and, and, and that's not an easy there. job for them to do either I mean they're in a uh, they're a long yeah. way from home yeah. And, you know, it, it, it's not an easy job at all. Mm -hmm. So you're right. Hats off to those people. Um, I don't know. Part of me still thinks if your island was uh, a whole bunch of blonde hair, blue-eyed people, it would have been a lot different. Yeah. I know that's my bias, mm -hmm. but yeah. I don't know. I, I, see, I just see too much online from friends in other places and other backgrounds and the way things are for them are a lot different from other people. Mm. Um, it's sad, but you know what this, uh, the, the internet for me has changed so much and it gives us an opportunity to get to know people worldwide in a way that's never happened before. And I think that the response to Puerto Rico online from what I saw was, uh, very positive. Everybody mm -hmm. was watching it and concerned, and that that at least gives me a lot of hope in humanity. <laughs> <laughs> funny, funny thing is, most of that I couldn't see because we had no internet. That's so. right. Yeah, I, did, the, I didn't uh, even need. did the regular phone system stay up, or was that down as well? Uh, yeah, but the thing is that that's something I I think I posted it in the uh, in the uh, Google group of uh, the uh, My Mac podcast. Uh, there's something about that. The, the over-reliance on technology right now, uh, most people here in Puerto Rico, including businesses, don't have landlines anymore. Right. Um, right now, I, I have a, a uh, our phone system here at the office. It's not a landline. It's basically an ISP. just provides us with uh, with uh, phone service. Yeah, it's it's internet and, and phone. So if they go down, I don't have service. Yeah. It's not a landline. Well, let's move on to uh, our next subject, but first we want to thank our There's sponsor. There's no handlines anymore, and those yeah. were the only things working, right. uh, but not many people had them. Uh -huh. So let's move on to our next subject, but first I want to thank our sponsor, OWC. Uh, Guy Searle and I have been hard at work on the MyMac quiz for Mac stock coming up uh, in July, and OWC is going to be a big part of the uh, the festivities there. So we want to thank them publicly for that. Larry O'Connor, the CEO of Mac 
or uh, <laughs> MacSales.com OWC is going to be participating in our Mac My Mac Quiz. So that ought to be a lot of fun. Uh, Bob Levitas is going to be participating in it. Barry, who does the Mac Barbecue, he's going to participate. We're going to have some cool prizes to give away. It's going to be a lot of fun, uh, very lighthearted. I might find some horrible-looking game show-like jacket that I can wear during the event. I don't know. Uh, but from uh, from my perspective, thank you very much to OWC. So if you guys are looking to upgrade your Mac, get an extra hard drive, um, that's got to be your first stop. Check out MacSales.com. Um, let's, let's kind of flip the script now. Let's talk about some fun stuff. So anybody out there who has not watched... Avengers yet. <laughs> it's this is not this is where you want to stop um, yeah. because we're going to do not really a review per se. We're just going to discuss the film, uh, including the ending. But uh, and on Eric's suggestion, kind of geeking out here from this point forward uh, and talking yeah. about this the whole Marvel Cinematic Universe. Now, David, I know we've discussed it in the past, but it's kind of been an incomplete story. And it still is in some respects, but Avengers Affinity War kind of brought 19 films all together in one respect or another. And it was almost, to me at least, it felt like a closing of a book and the next, from this point on, is kind of a a new chapter. Um, But let's start with you, David. What did you think of Avengers Infinity War? Well, I, I mean, you asked me after I'd seen it, um, and uh, my response was, I think the, the Russo brothers walk on water. I, I think this is, you know, and we've said this before, but this is really is the pinnacle of it in terms of uh, not just a great film, which it certainly is, but a great achieve, technical achievement, um, a technical and cinematic achievement to bring yeah a, a universe of films that's come that's come together over many many years and to actually be able to cohesively bring it together um with that many characters and that many storylines into something that that not only works but actually is really really good and is compelling is 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 a huge achievement i i have I, you know hats off to them i think everybody involved with this film it's um it's amazing what they've managed to pull off here because they've taken all of these threads and they've brought them all together. At no point during this movie do you really feel that many people are getting disservice in terms of screen time, in terms of story time. There's, there's not an awful lot of um, stuff we've complained about in other movies. I and mean, we talked at length about the last Star Wars movie, Tim, that, you know, there were, there were, there were things where, where characters did something to advance the plot and you're looking at it even while you're watching the movie going why the hell are they doing that why would you do that in this situation right there was there was none of that in this everything made sense despite the fact that the you know this there's a kind of hurricane of storytelling going on and and to me the the pin well the thing that really i i did go quite hard to try and avoid trailers and 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 stuff beforehand but the thing that blew me away about this is that you know, people have talked in the past about the Marvel Universe having a, a villain problem. This movie is pretty much told from the villain's perspective. Yeah, this is Thanos's. This is his story, isn't it, yeah. Eric? You could call this Thanos Infinity War, uh, and you know, it would it would make as much sense because he is the core of the story, and you know, they pull off the thing that you can tell that that he's a he's a. a, a 
he's crazy. What the thing, the things he wants to do are, um, are mad. And yet you completely buy into why he wants to do it and how he's going to get to doing it. And, and, you know, you really, because of that perspective, you really get the feeling that the Avengers, all of these Avengers are absolutely up against it. Um, I mean, to, to, to be able to, um, portray a villain like Thanos in a movie like this, I mean, it's called Infinity War, that he, to basically portray him as pretty much unstoppable and pull that off is, is uh, yeah, it was an amazing achievement. And I have not spoken to anybody who's seen this movie who has much negative to say about it. Everybody's coming out of it just going, it's, it's fantastic. What do you think, Eric? So, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it very much. Um, I think what they've done, not only with this movie, but uh, with all 19 of them. There are movies that you can watch more than once and, uh, and still enjoy them. You know, that's a very tough, uh, tough thing to do. Uh, there have been a couple of movies I didn't like as much. Uh, and, and I'm pretty much, uh, the second Thor wasn't that good. I mean, second I, I didn't Iron like Man. it that much. Yeah, yeah. The second Iron Man, the, the first incredible Hulk movie wasn't very good. There was, there's right. been a few, I don't want to say flops because they, actually every single one of them has been successful, but they just weren't as good, but it, I don't know. It seems yeah, to me but like none the, of them have been bad. No. None of them have been flopped. So exactly. that, that's an amazing thing to do. Even with characters that people didn't know, like uh, like uh, what they did with the Guardians of the Galaxy, those were not very popular characters. Well, the then again, movie neither. World. To be fair, and they pulled off. Uh-huh. None of the characters in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, up until the point where they introduced Spider-Man, were ever big characters. They were always kind of B-list characters. Oh yeah, Captain well, America. Now, it. someone who's twenty years old doesn't realize that just 20 years ago or even 10 years ago before his movie came out, Captain America was kind of a corny comic book character. He was kind of, I don't want to say generic, but just kind of two-dimensional. His character in the movies was so much better than I think anybody thought. Same thing with Iron Man. He was eh, just some guy in an outfit. Um, He had some really good comic book stories, especially when he became a drunk and stopped being Iron Man for a while because he was an alcoholic, which was kind of groundbreaking at the time. But even that mm-hmm. wasn't a, a... It didn't make him a popular character in the Marvel Universe like the X-Men or the Incredible Hulk or uh, Spider-Man. But yet, Marvel took these characters that they still had the rights to, that they didn't sell away in the be- dark times of, of that industry, and mm-hmm. made a universe based around these characters that I, I gotta, I gotta be honest is unrivaled. It's, yeah. it's, a, it's under, and look, Eric, you and I belong to a star Wars group. We're, we're, <sighs> we're diehard star Wars guys. Yeah. But star Wars has got a long ways to go to match what Marvel has done. At least yeah. I think so. Don't you? Yeah, I think so. Uh, especially after the prequels, and, uh, <laughs> they have some. I mean, I love those movies. I, they they have their moments, but they're not that that good. Um, yeah, they haven't had any bad movies uh, from the get go. I mean, the first Iron Man was a great movie. Yeah, and you can um, still watch that movie and, too. Yeah, uh, it was great, and, and I wasn't expecting them to to build this whole universe when I saw that first movie. And then they slowly build it up, and uh, everything makes sense. Everything, uh, the pieces fit 
they they did a great job. Um, this one I do have a couple of uh, issues with it, but uh, I I still think it's a amazing movie. I mean, so and tell the me box what office you, uh, certainly seems to back it up. So yeah, I mean, it's the what the highest grossing movie of all time now. Uh, I think well, the first weekend it was. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, that's what I mean. That first right weekend, now, but, uh, yeah. Um, so let, let's get to your gripes. I, I'd like to hear them. So the 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 thing that I was, uh, but there, just two major things. Uh, um, first of all, I think I like the storyline of Thanos in the comic books better than what they did, and I think they had a missed opportunity because if the uh, I'm reading, I'm uh, I downloaded on my Kindle uh, the uh, my Kindle app. So that I can watch it in color, in color, uh, the uh, the whole Avengers versus Thanos uh, series. Yeah, it was uh, uh-huh. they they have it on, on Kindle, and the storyline there is that he wants to impress death, so he wants to wipe out half the universe, just basically because he's in love with death. And here it was more like uh, my planet got destroyed because of overpopulation, and I can see that that is a valid motivation, although it's mad just to kill half the people just to uh, to save the planet because your planet uh, happened to be uh, destroyed by overpopulation and contamination and stuff like that. But, um, but I think that the, the one in the comic books was a little bit better because <laughs> I was just telling people, um, in my lifetime, I'm 42, the population on Earth has doubled. When I was a little kid, we were 3 billion people, now we're 7, mm-hmm. more than double. So what's, what is it going to do wiping half the population on the universe? In the next 40 years, it's going to have to do it again. People are going to still procreate. And and uh, I don't know. It's, it's more like a temporary solution, as, as brutal as it was. It's just a temporary solution. What he wants to do. I, I would but actually I, disagree with you because I read the Infinity Gauntlet series. Uh, I, mm-hmm. I actually read them when they were brand new. Uh, okay. I, I was... Uh, you know, I started reading comic books in the, well, 77, 78, somewhere in there, and I yeah. never stopped. So I remember the Infinity Gauntlet. It was amazing. I didn't think it was as good as the original Secret Wars, uh, but I liked it a lot. But I'm the opposite. I always had, number one, they couldn't do that storyline in the movies. I, I don't think they're going to conceptualize death as, as this hooded figure entity that he's in love with and is trying to impress. I don't think that would work at all in the movies, but they did take the core of the character, his nihilism and they gave it justification. Why does he feel like this? Well, because overpopulation is a real world problem. Um, you go to some countries where people are starving to death and it's an insane solution but it would be effective if you wiped out half the population of a starving city. It's not a starving city anymore. And I think that he, I think they did a really good job of making it believable why he felt this way. And, you know, he took extreme measures, but in his mind, the best villains, not necessarily sympathetic, but you understand their motivations. Yeah. Killmonger in black Panther is a prime example of that. I think he was, he's, I think Killmonger, number one, is, is the best villain they've ever introduced in a comic yeah. book movie. And, and I agree 100% with that. I think Killmonger's motivation was even better. Yep. Oh, I, that, no, that's no, what I mean. No I mean, 
it's not that the motivation from Thanos was bad. I think what I mean is I was expecting Infinity War to be this epic thing where and and, and I when I think about it, I think Killmonger's motivation was better. I agree. Yeah. I, I I understand your criticism, Eric, and um, you know I kind of see where you're coming from. I kind of take the view with this that this was a long movie already. Um, yeah. You know, and and uh, it says something about how good the movie is. Is it even though it's a long movie? Yeah. When you get to that end scene where effectively it's a cliffhanger, you kind mm-hmm. of think, oh, hang on a minute, they can't end it here. You, want, I want more. I want to see what happens next. Yeah. You know, they do. <laughs> you, even though you've been sat, you've been sat, you know, and your backside's gone numb for the fact you've been sat sat in a movie theater for nearly three hours. You're thinking, no, you can't stop now. I mm-hmm. suspect that the um, the more nuanced stuff behind Thanos's motivations probably got cut from the script along the way to keep the pacing up and also to make sure they had time to cover everything they wanted yeah. to do. I, and, you know, because they, I could easily imagine, I certainly if I was writing a movie like that, I would put in lines where one of the characters, you know, Tony Stark or something says, says, what, that's your big idea? Well, well that's stupid. That is, you're going to wipe out half the universe. It'll be back in 40 years. I, I can imagine a line like that coming in and Thanos going, you know, having to justify it or say, Oh no, you don't understand with the Infinity Gauntlet. You know, if I wipe out half the universe, it's gone. It's never coming back. That's it's not just killing people; it's eliminating them from existence or whatever. But the thing is, like, those are the sort of things where you, you, you know, during the editing process or the script development process, you just say, just cut that. And people don't need to know. Yeah. All they need to know is what he's going to do, why he's going to do it. Yeah, and then by the end, we're going to actually do that. Yeah, um, you know, I mean, I've I've seen Christians online saying, well, you know, um, Nick Fury before he dies in the post credits thing sends a message to Captain Marvel because they're tying the Captain Marvel movie into it. Mm-hmm. You know, what's the point? How does he know that Captain Marvel still exists? How, what happens if she's been wiped out? It's like, well, yeah, okay, you know, and and obviously the big flaw in in the in the death scenes is that we know that half of these characters have to come back <laughs> because they're already scheduled yeah. for more movies. Yeah, that's, and, that's and, the and other they, thing. Yeah. Yeah, but to me that to me that's that's very knowing because the Russo brothers know that everybody, even people who don't read comics books, know that in, in comic books and in sci-fi and in fantasy, uh, you're only you're only as dead as long as as the writer wants you to be, no matter what's mm-hmm. happened to you. And I, and I think they by very deliberately doing that, they they kind of they are screwing with people. I, I wouldn't surprise me they brought everybody back at the at the end of the next movie yeah. or, or during the next movie because they're saying, you know what, you all know this is comic books. You all know that that nobody's ever dead for long. Um, you know, so it's a, 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 don't make a big deal of it. That's just a thing, you know. Um, so it wouldn't surprise me that everyone's speculating about people's contractual commitments and everything like that. I, it, to me, it's going to be easier for them to say in the second movie, you know what, we've undone it all. Um, and we've mm-hmm. we've found a fine way for, to stop Thanos from doing it again, rather than saying, "Well, we've und- we've undone it for this guy," but you know, Captain America is still going to die at the end of the movie or whatever. Um, yeah. You know, I I, uh, I I think I'm sure that they're smart enough to do that. And and I remember that originally these were going to be part one and part two, and they changed that. And they and you you what come to the end of the movie, you they realize only, that they, they only... changed that for marketing reasons. They yeah. didn't change it because they exactly. actually were. Movies into two standalones. Yeah. They they didn't change it. They just changed the name of the the exactly. next movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So and I think that's smart. And that, it, 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 you <laughs> that was the other thing at the movie uh, at the movies. Uh, everybody was like really quiet. And, oh, the people dying. And I was and I was I 
Uh, yes, I was the only one at the theater, but I was like, you know, they're all coming back, or, or at least <laughs> most of them. Yeah. And uh, and you know what? I, the thing that made it for me, because, you know, all the way through, I'm, I'm thinking, this is great. They're telling it from Thanos' perspective. This is a Thanos movie. It's not really an Avengers yeah. movie. And then you get to the end, and the, the stinger at the end of the of the credits is it comes up, Thanos will return. I thought that was just perfect. You know, they're <laughs> yeah. saying, yeah, we know we did that on purpose. And you know what? The next movie is going to be more of the same. And to me, I think I can't wait. I just can't wait because it was. Yeah, I'm, I'm, did it and, and as I said, I'm reserving judgment be, uh, uh, on the on the whole thing until I see the second part, because it's just basically a movie just cutting half because of uh, yeah. time, you know. Yes, so, but I think it still stands on its own. Um, oh yeah, just like yeah. the Empire Strikes Back stands on its own. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it, I, th- a lot of people say, no, I, you know, I really liked it, but it's not a complete movie. Yes, it is a complete movie. It's yes, not it a complete movie. story. Just, it didn't have the happy ending that everyone was. Right, it's not a complete story. But if you look at the broader Marvel universe, that story is never going to be done. There, the, this is a forever franchise at this point. Uh, mm-hmm. Even if they yes. it becomes a whole lot less popular, you'll still get a new Marvel movie at a minimum every two years. But th- yeah. this is not going away. They're not going to undo what they did. Um, it's an achievement that I didn't think I would ever witness on screen. I really didn't. When I first left the theater, the first thing that occurred to me is, the original Avengers are all still alive. That was the first thought. They're all still alive. Um, Mm -hmm. And I know Hawkeye and Ant-Man are coming into the next movie. Um, But, and and I kind of like that they weren't in this one because it was, it was overpopulated as it was. But like you said, David, they didn't cheapen anybody's role. I wanted to see more Captain America. Uh, You know, I, I, Thor in this movie was completely uh, impressive. I mean, what a character. Yeah. Um, yeah. But they're but they're setting stuff up for the next phase with this movie. Tony Stark is not going to remain Iron Man. We're going to get a mm-hmm. replacement simply because he's fifty two years old. He's going to have to step uh, away from. I hope it's uh, Re- Tchalla's sister. Yeah, I I think I think that's I, a lot of people are saying that. Um, I think it would be it could be Riri Williams, who's um, Iron Heart or whatever her name is in the comic books now. But it's basically the same type of character, a very smart, young black girl. That would give mm-hmm. some much-needed diversity to the Marvel Universe. I think that would yeah. be very smart. Um, yeah. You know, they're going to get a replacement Thor, just like they did in the comic books. And I think that yeah. would be very smart. So you're going to see some of these characters going in completely different directions. Uh, Captain America, at the end of the day, I don't think they're going to kill him off. I think they're going to retire him. And yeah. he's going to hand the shield to the next person. Yeah. Um, I would love to see if it was Falcon. I think that would be brilliant. Will it yeah, be? That, I don't that's know. the rumor I heard. Yeah. I, I would love it. I love that character. Uh, Mackie or, is or a even, good actor. even um, you know, have Sebastian Stan take no, like it in the comics. I, yeah, I don't want that. You know. well, he's, I know. he's a boring yeah, character. But- well, I, I think the problem with with uh, with uh, the Winter Soldier is that because of the nature of who he is, we've not seen a lot of him, um, and and because he's always paired with Captain America, so it's all about Captain. He's a foil for Captain America. Maybe they'll take the opportunity to develop him. But you know what? I suspect 
what they're going to do, given what they've done up until now, is they're going to continue to, yeah, I think they they will, they, whether they kill the characters off or just retire them, I think they'll just move the focus onto different characters. I don't think they need to actually have them replaced like they do in the comics. I think that I think they could they they've demonstrated they can take characters who are virtually unknowns like the Guardians and turn them into into big you know franchise standing movies. So mm-hmm. it wouldn't surprise me if the if the attitude to take is Captain Marvel's coming. She's going to be the new Captain America. She will take the place in the universe of Captain America as the kind of the go to stand up um, character. And then, you know, they'll have somebody else who, who acts in the Tony Stark role, which is the, you know, trying to do the right thing, very, very clever, but you know what, perhaps, um, perhaps too clever for his own good. You know, you could do that with, with Doctor Strange. Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't surprise me at all if that's the route they took rather than saying, well, actually, we're going to put new actors in these same outfits. What about the interactions between these characters and actors? Personally, I love the two Sherlocks coming together on film and not <laughs> yeah. liking each other at all. I was hoping that they were going to talk about their facial hair being bros, but yeah. they didn't. But these two characters, number one, their origin stories are almost identical. Yeah. Um, but yet they are two totally different people and they don't like each other. You could tell they they respect each other, sure, but they're not. You know, they're, they're they're not bros at all. Well, and well, also as well, I thought I thought it was very. I mean, they thought very hard about. First of all, I still want to say the fact that they kept the Avengers all on a path, and yet the way they paired them up and the way they took them out, and and you know, sent them to different places, and so you had three or four storylines that you were jumping back and forth between through the movie was very well done. Yep, I think the pairings they chose were very very clever. Uh, you, because Stark and and Strange together, one is, is is the master of tech of technology, and the other one is the master of magic. And neither of the one of them can really understand the other, because you can't, how can you unless you know how how do you understand um, quantum physics and all the stuff that's going on with nanotech and everything in Iron Man's latest suit without being a genius level like Tony Stark. Peter Parker can keep up with him because he's meant to be very, very smart as well. But, you know, Stephen Strange, no. And similarly, yeah, you know, um, they make the jokes all the time about, you know, a magician and that sort of thing. But how can how can Tony Stark remotely understand somebody who's the master of the mystic arts, something, a, a world that he that is completely uh, the opposite of his world? What was, um, what was, and, you know, so putting them together, I think, I think it was really, really great. I think it worked really well. And, and, you know, it was a great way of dealing with the characters because it means that they don't become, you don't want to have a, have a group where you've always got one who's the alpha in each, in every room, you know, so in, in the, uh, in the, uh, you know, Avengers on Earth room, you don't want one character who's overbearing all the others. The ones who go to, um, who, who go to Titan, you don't want to have just Tony Stark there because he's going to be the lead. So you put two guys there who are the leads and, and have them play off each other. It was great. Actually, they had three because they had Star-Lord there as well, Peter Quill. Yeah, yeah. Well, and of course, you know, the great thing about, about Star-Lord is obviously, you know, he's, he's trying to he's trying to um, he, he, he feels deep down inadequate even though he, he, he kind of plays up to it and that that brings great humor. I mean, what a great achievement there as well to bring the Guardians of the Galaxy in, keep their tone, and yet bring them into this movie where it's you know the stakes have never been higher, and uh, and and have the the 
differing tones of those t- of those two things kind of come together in the same movie and still work and still be yeah. true to who those characters are. Eric, exactly. who is what yeah. was your favorite pairing in this movie, Eric? Uh, pairing, I would I would say, uh, ironically, as, as David was talking, I like that uh, that interaction between Stark and, and uh, Strange. Yeah, I, they're I, both uh, like he says the same character, just in different fields, but yeah. uh, same character. Very cocky, very sure of themselves, very smart. M- obviously, mine but, has uh, to one be, is very spiritual, yes. and the other one is uh, very technological, and it was just fun. Uh, all the characters, and, and I love especially Drax. I well, think Drax. That yeah. that they about these about these just. Uh, Did you just know his his role his uh, line? I'll do you one better. Why yeah. is Gamora? Why that, is Gamora? He he. That was improv. He just did that yeah. on the spot and yeah. they used it in the movie. I have mm-hmm. to say though, my favorite pairing is Thor and Rocket. Oh yeah, I was going to say that. Oh. I thought that went <laughs> yeah. really well. That was oh, so yeah. good. He kept calling him Rabbit. I loved it. Rabbit. It was so good. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Oh, and I, I I I here's the thing. In Civil War, Spider-Man stole every scene he was in. He just did. Yeah. It was it was so good. In Infinity War, Rocket stole every scene he was in. The CGI yeah. character. He yep. he was brilliant. When when uh Winter Soldier picks him up and they spin in the circle and shoot and he asks, Hey, yeah. uh, how much for the gun? Yeah. And then he's like, I'm gonna get that arm. I mean, <laughs> that was so yeah. that was so good. I'm like, ah, oh, this character is just he's, he's, I, I, there was nothing in this movie that I didn't enjoy. I have to it's, be honest. It's amazing what computers can do right nowadays. And, yeah, and again as well, I really like the way they dealt with all the women characters in this movie. Mm-hmm. You know, they again they took what they did with Black Panther as well. Um, all the women characters are strong. They're independent. They they are definitely not subsidiary to anybody else. I think the interactions they had between um, you know the African girls and and um, and uh, Scarlett Johansson's character, yep. Black Widow, was great. I, th- I like the way how they gravitated towards each other because these are all warriors, you know. Um, I like when Black they, Widow, or uh, the the one, uh, not Black Widow, the what's her name, the Chikala Scarlet sister. Witch. No, yeah. Scar. Uh, yes, but when she comes out in Black Panther's sister or Captain of the Guard, I'm not sure what she was. So why wasn't she out here the whole damn time? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And also as well, she also had that other great line in the movie. It's like, you know, when you talked about opening up Wakanda, I thought, we, well, I was thinking the Olympics, maybe a Starbucks. Yeah, it's a Starbucks, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I, I, you know what? I'm going to give them points, too, for getting the, the big battle in Wakanda and not in Chicago or New York and destroying buildings again. Yeah, I give you. I, I totally agree with you, and it and it made sense. I'm tired about. I'm tired of that. <laughs> you know, just yeah. fight somewhere else. Well, and I'm also <laughs> tired of the destruction porn. Yeah, you know the big disaster, and it's in a real. But I will say that it's better than what DC does, where everything's yeah. dark and it's totally fake, and uh, it's, it's they don't get it. Whereas Marvel has this kind of plasticky skin. Uh, sheen over everything it's just it's bright and colorful but it looks real i mean wakanda is a real place in our minds now because of the black panther movie because of civil war and even more so now because of this movie uh it has its roots firmly in place in in guardians and avengers and spider-man and it it was brilliant i I have as well again i the, the scene at the end with um 
you know, when they're, when they're driving through the city and, and, and Nick Fury, uh, you know, kind of has the car crash and everything. Yeah. And the fact that they make it perfectly clear that, that, you know, that they are literally trying to save the universe in Wakanda. Nobody else on earth has any idea what's going on. Right. Yeah. I mm-hmm. thought again, that was brilliant. Talk about, you know, because often you, you see this with, with these, um, these movies, you know, there's a big battle and it's centered in one particular place. And you think, well, yeah, how come the rest of the world seems to be bought into this and involved in that when they had, can have no idea? And here they, you know, shield the one of the most powerful organizations in, in, in the world it only, only has a very rough idea about what might be going on. You well, know? shield really doesn't exist at this point in the Marvel Universe. Um, you know, things having consequences in a movie on a larger scale usually you're right. It doesn't show it. I think a movie that did show that was Return of the Jedi when the death, the second Death Star blows up and the Emperor dies. You see celebrations on other planets. You know that was a movie that did a, kind of a good job. But I agree with you, David. The, the end credit scenes. Number one, it sets up the next movie uh, or couple movies. But number two, it's actual consequences. Here's characters that had no idea what was going on. Now gone, just like yeah. that. It was brilliant. I think that this is a uh, an achievement that I quite honestly and look. I've already said I didn't think that first Avengers movie would ever happen. When I was sitting in the theater watching it the first time, I had goosebumps, um, and I still get them a little bit when I watch that movie because a part of me just can't believe I have an actual Avengers movie, and I've yeah. got three of them now. Four if you count Civil War, and I do. The yeah. Avengers are a thing now. And here's a movie where they take all of these different characters and they're true to each one of those characters. Nobody was short-shifted, really. And the writing was spot on. I know they brought Gunn in to write some of the Guardians dialogue, which, quite honestly, is that's how you do it. Yeah. Um, it it mm-hmm. was so good. I, I, I'm so impressed. I, I can't say enough how much I enjoyed this. I know my kids enjoyed it. We're dying for the next one. I'm pretty sure that Ant-Man and the Wasp takes place before this movie, but I'm looking forward to that one. But right before we wrap it up here, Hey, we're all star Wars fans and we're just a couple weeks now from solo. Um, and Deadpool to a certain extent, I think the new Deadpool movie looks really, really good. I'm totally going to watch watch that, but the early reviews are not spoiler. It's, basically uh, Twitter sized thoughts on the new solo. And everyone is saying it's not without its flaws, but this is a fun movie. And halfway through you completely buy into, we have a new Han solo. Now, what do you think, Eric, mm-hmm. you, you looking forward to solo and what's your biggest apprehension about it? I was, uh, I was never really apprehensive about the movie. I mean, uh, one day I know that Lawrence Gaston was involved. Yeah. <laughs> that helps. Because, you know, he, he's not going to turn up a bad script. So experience tells us that this is very, he's very good at what he does. So um, maybe he wasn't going to be directed correctly. And that's what happened <laughs> with the two guys who got fired. Mm-hmm. Uh, but looks like Ron Howard did a good job. I mean, everything I've seen from the, not so much the first trailer, but from the second trailer on, everything I've seen, uh, I think this, this is going to be great. I yeah. Mean, it might not be the best ever, but uh, let's be honest, if they're going to be doing one every year, not everyone is going to be in Empire Strikes Back. So uh, I'm not expecting that. Just like with uh, Marvel Universe, you know, they have some movies that are better than others. So 
But I think it looks great. I don't know. It seems um, like the Marvel I'm movies are getting better. <laughs> the Marvel movies are getting better. Everyone's better than the last. I mean, the yeah, last, the last, I mean, uh, the last yeah. three years. Every Marvel that. movie yeah. in the last three years have been great. It's yeah. it's crazy. Every one of them. Yeah. Uh, what do you, you know, think? I wasn't expecting uh, Doctor Strange to be good, and that was <laughs> that was a really fun movie. It was, but I would say of the last three years of Marvel movies, that was probably the weakest. And that's saying yeah, something because uh, it's a good movie. Especially after Black Panther. Black Panther was great. Well, I, I think Ant-Man was brilliant. I loved Ant-Man. Oh, yeah. You know, and, I, yeah. I, I, Winter Soldier and Civil War, I still think Winter Soldier is the best Marvel movie to date. Um, it, but it, I don't want to see a Star Wars movie twice a year. But let's be honest, they could do that. And... It, Disney is overseeing both Marvel and Lucas now, right? Yeah, but could they really do think, a Star Wars movie every year? I think Star Wars needs to breathe a little bit. I don't think you can do the, what Marvel does. I don't think you can. I mean, once a year, it's fine. But if you go twice a year, it's gonna the the, the fatigue is gonna be there because it's not the same thing. Just not the same thing. What's your thoughts you about know? the upcoming solo, David? Well, you know, like I like with Infinity War, I've deliberately avoided as much of it as I can. Obviously, I've read and heard all the stories about its very, very troubled production. I'm, I'm less worried about that, having seen Rogue One, which had a similar similar sort of problems. It turned out really well. Um, they've definitely got the, you know, I've always been a big fan of Ron Howard. I've always loved most of his movies, so I, I kind of trust him to bring it over the line. Um, I saw the trailer for it before I saw Inf- I, I saw Infinity War twice. I, I went on my own, and then I went with um, my wife and a, and a couple of friends and actually saw it in an IMAX screening, which was pretty cool. And they showed a trailer for Solo there. So that was really the first time I'd actually seen any footage from the movie at all. And, you know, it, it looked fun. Um, I'm looking forward to it. I, I'm not expecting it to be bad. Um, so, yeah, I'll go and see it and hopefully enjoy it. So with that, we're going to wrap up this episode of Tech Fan. Eric, thanks so much for being here, man. We really do appreciate it. It was fun to have you yeah. on. Thank you. <laughs> we'll have to uh, bring you back on sometime again, if you've got the time. I mean, it's uh, uh, during yeah. the work day for you. <laughs> yeah. And David, uh, for that matter. Usually Fridays are, are a little bit lighter here, but uh, I'm still dealing with Maria in the sense that I have to move everyone from Google Drive to Backup and Sync because they changed that. Yep, that's a pain. And I, uh, yeah, and I asked for an extension, and the extension deadline is tomorrow, so I still have two computers to move. So that's that's what I've been doing. That sounds like a whole lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> so, David, thanks for uh, coming back on, and uh, I'll see you next week. We good see for you next then. week? Are we? Are you good for next week, David? I believe so. Awesome. All right, we'll be back next week, folks. See you then.